0: Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sowerbottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 292 of Colin Hughes. How are you, Colin?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Dale?
0: Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Now we are going to obviously talk about some pretty deep topics today. Um, but before we, before we do that, I always like to start with a little bit of gratitude. What's the biggest win you've had in the last
1: seven days, Colin? In the last seven days, being with my wife every every one of those days.
0: Ah. Oh. Love that, mate. She'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll appreciate that too if she's going to have a listen back to it. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, as they say. Now, Colin, we're going to obviously, yeah, get into some deep and difficult topics today around mental health and suicide. So if listeners, if you are struggling or you know someone's struggling, please seek medical and professional help. Um, just a heads up, if you're not in the right headspace, to probably listen to what we're going to talk about today. Um, it, it might be something that you come back to another time when you are in a better place to actually think about this and go through it so Colin can you share your story with us mate I am I'm I know I reached out to you because um, I I shared a little bit with you about uh, my family my uh, my grandfather I never met um, committed suicide when my dad was 12 Um, and I've seen the effects that that has had on multiple generations. Um, and, and it still right. is today. Um, and it's one thing, I, I think the more we can talk about this topic and things about it, and, and obviously mental health is becoming such a, it's so much more spoken about than essentially what it was you know, right. all those years yeah. ago. So, um, yeah, anyway, I've spoken way too much, mate. Do you want to want to share your story <laughs> and, and paint a picture a little bit for the listeners, please?
1: Where, where do you want me to begin at?
0: Wherever you think, mate. If there's anyone that's going to be able to, you know, give a good definition was,
1: of yourself, and yeah, you go, mate. I, I was born the son of a poor sharecropper on April twenty seventh, nineteen fifty seven. My first memory in life was <laughs> now, <laughs> You can go there if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just I'll just, let me lay a little background about myself. I've always I've always been somebody you know who's gone after what I wanted in life so I had three dreams as a child be a cowboy be a pilot be an actor I rode bulls for several years and most of that as a member of the professional rodeo cowboys association and competing against some of the legends I mean absolute legends in the sport of rodeo when I stopped riding bulls at the age of uh, 33 or 34 years getting pretty old for a bull rider I, I started doing that <laughs> <laughs> I started I started to announce rodeos and found out you know I have a, a love for the microphone most people freeze up when it comes to public speaking you put me in a stadium with thousands of people out there and I'm like we're gonna have us some fun <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now a retired airline pilot so working on the third dream of being an actor, I'm a voice actor now, um, home studio and an agent who's also trying to get me in front of the camera. So as you see, I, I go after my dreams. You know, I say, do what you love and love what you do. And so I've always been able to, you know, go after things. And, but my world kind of, well, not kind of, but absolutely my world just, Came to a standstill last year, June 10th of 2022. My 15 year old granddaughter ended her life. And this child was just, she was an amazing young lady. And we have no idea why she would, why she did such a thing. So I, yeah, I, the only thing that I'd never thought about suicide much throughout my life except one time before and that was back in the 70s when a when a really close friend of mine a rodeo buddy of mine ended his own life and is the first person that's not was not a family member but a friend is the first person I cried over losing but after that I didn't I didn't think about suicide ever and now it's just, you know, it hits me in the face every single day the topic does. Mm.
0: I, can, I, I, I can't i can imagine. And, and firstly, thank you for sharing that and for talking about it because there are a lot of people that can't talk about it. And that's understandable as well because everybody deals with things and, and goes through grief and and emotions such as that in, in a different way. Um, since talking about it, has that been able to help you personally, or it's still raw because it it is very recent still.
1: It 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 really is. It's uh, there's some time when I when I talk about it that it's you know like right now I'm not getting all teared up, and uh, it actually makes me kind of feel guilty that I'm not. And other times, you know, I can't hold back the tears, but it's still raw. It's still, and it probably always will be. I had, uh, my oldest daughter died of cancer in 2015. And, you know, people say that, you know, the hardest thing a person could ever go through is the loss of a child. That was extremely difficult for me, but the loss of my granddaughter was far worse. It's just so sudden. So you know, you 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 don't have time to prepare for it if there's you know any if there's such a thing as preparing for somebody's death. And it just all of a sudden are there and then they're not.
0: Mm. And do you do you think do you think with obviously, you know, cancer, you you are aware that it may be coming. Do you know what I mean? And you sort of you've got to you've got a leeway into dealing with it and saying goodbye and when yeah, suicide it's... though, and you, and you, you can't say goodbye. And you, you, as you said, you don't know why it happened and you, and you never will because there's no, there's no opportunity to have that discussion. Is there?
1: No, there's not. But with my daughter, I was at the hospital with her when the doctor told her she had three to six months left to live. And it turned out to be three But during that time, you know, I, a lot of time, you know, I spent a lot of time at the hospital with her. I was there with her at the hospice. The last thing she ever said to me is, the last words out of her mouth, period, was telling me she loved me. I was there when she took her last breath. I actually helped the, uh, somebody from the funeral home i actually helped them put her body in their put her body in in in, in their car and so it was like i, I don't know how to explain it. it i was a part of the process i guess and being there for her and, but this like it, it is there's no being there and you can be there, you know, somebody's going through something. You can, you get them to talk and that, that's the thing. Getting people to talk, they, they, you've got to get people to open up who is, I took a course called, uh, from the QPR Institute. It's question, persuade, refer. It tells you how to question somebody if they're, if they're suicidal or not, and it's, you know, you get. The right way and the wrong way. The wrong way is, hey, you're not thinking about killing yourself, are you? Oh, no. Are you having suicidal thoughts? Do you want to end your life? Have you ever thought of not waking up in the morning? Those kinds of questions. And uh, just seeing changes in their moods you know somebody's normally a really happy person and all of a sudden they're just not having a depressed moment but having depressed all the time mm-hmm. that's the time you need to start asking questions you know you know and you hear the you hear the terms is you hear it all the time says well how are you fine mm-hmm. well somebody says fine they're not so fine and people just tend to let it go at that. But yeah. it uh it's not that easy. It's and, and it's not really and with not. that
0: with that column like what how are you fine? Like that's a crap question. It's a rubbish question. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, it's you know, you need to have a better question if you want a better response. It's like if you speak to someone, uh, how are you? Good, how was your weekend good? It's it's surface level and it's exactly the same uh, If, If you want to actually make change, it starts with the question. And that's essentially what you're saying, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, like for example, you know, somebody who's normally happy all of a sudden, you know, for a few days or whatever, however long. You know, if it's just one day or something, okay, they had a bad day. But if you see it a lot in them, a big change like that, you know, it's, I noticed that your, your attitude has really been different. You're, you seem to be sad, even depressed. What's going on? Tell yeah. talk to me. Yeah. And if I say, no, I'm yeah. fine. Says, no, you're not fine. Mm. I I can see it. I can feel it. That there's something going on. And you tell tell me what it is. And it and it's so. and it's
0: not a comfortable, like that's not a comfortable conversation to have. And but at least you can have that conversation if that if you get what I'm saying there that you need uh, to keep prodding, not not pushing, but just it's you know, keep asking people why, why, why. And it may be really uncomfortable. It may not be a really nice conversation, but unless you do that, you're not going to actually dig deep and uncover anything.
1: Yeah. And the way to actually ask somebody directly about suicide, there's there's a myth that if you talk to somebody who's having suicidal thoughts, if you mention suicide, it's gonna make them be more suicidal. No, that's is absolutely wrong but what it you need to do is bring it up if you bring up the subject and somebody's truly thinking about it they'll talk mm. yep says, are you thinking of ending your life have you ever had those kinds of thoughts well now you mentioned it yeah it's
0: instead of instead of having that elephant in the room that You know, you're tiptoeing around around it and and by tiptoeing it around it, it makes the other person uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about the issues they're going through because you won't even identify it or explain it to them. And sometimes it's better just go straight to it and do it in a really calm and instead of, you know, tiptoeing around, wasting time and actually getting them even probably more angry at you for what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, if you talk to somebody about it, straight out, it's going to, they'll talk. And that's the first step of the this QPR program that I took. It's Question, Persuade, Refer. And they call it, they have a, a class you can take on their website, uh, qprinstitute.com, I think. It's $30, and you learn the signs of suicide and how to talk to somebody and what to do. So, first you question them, like we've already been talking, then you persuade them to get help, and then you refer them Mm. to get help.
0: Yeah. And that's the big thing.
1: Yeah. Don't just, don't just, uh, don't just, you know, uh, don't just refer them, but take them.
0: Mm. Yeah, support if you them. Can.
1: That's, that's absolutely the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and and that way they know that they're not in this alone. And I think that's a big thing. A lot of time the hardest part is where do you start? Where do you go to? Who do I go to? I don't want to share with this person. I don't know them. Just actually being there with that person who's going through it is that's so important that's really one of the most crucial aspects of it that they're already feel like they're alone they're already going through everything alone so to then say you need to get help and say go and see someone it's not going to happen it it needs to be a joint effort where you physically are in the room or you're dropping them off you know that support that support network is massive
1: yeah and it's uh one thing that everybody, everybody who's ever thought of suicide, they all have one thing in common, that they believe whatever's going on in their life right now, whether it's a failing, you know, say a student got an F in in a class and they're terrified that their parents are going to be upset with them, you know, it's, that's, they feel that there's no hope beyond that problem. They just can't think that there's anything that can possibly be, they think the only way to end it to, you know, all my parents are going to be so upset at me. It's whatever the situation is. And a lot of times it's people who haven't learned how to cope, how to deal with reality. You know, they've been encouraged and told that they can do anything that they want to, but they haven't been told that, Hey, you know what? There's going to be sacrifices there. You're going to have failures in your life and you need to learn how to accept failures. Michael Jordan, uh, arguably the best basketball player ever. He said his success was based on his failures And that's coming from a pretty successful person.
0: <laughs> I'd say not pretty, I'd say very successful. <laughs> and yeah, yeah and he I, said he,
1: <laughs> it
0: comes down he said oh, he he had. Had to say, resilience. Yeah. That's what essentially it's coming oh. down to, you know, having that resilience that, you know, life's not easy and it's not going to be easy. And we don't want it to be easy because, you know, that's when you succeed, when you overcome something or you push through and you you, you feel like you've achieved something. Exactly. Like Michael Jordan, oh. you're talk about now, like, that's essentially we need to be building that resilience muscle up.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, and it's that's all part of coping with life. Like Jordan said, he has nine thousand missed free throws. <laughs> nine thousand. It's a lot. He can tell you how many failures of almost any of his stats that he has. Uh, three times he was given the ball and had to make the basket in the last seconds to win the game and three times that he's done that that he that he missed and lost the game
0: how many times and, did you know, he make it how many times yeah how many
1: times <laughs> did he actually make it and win the game
0: yeah oh so true so true and yeah and but it, he it's
1: can funny. Say exactly how many uh failures he's had and that's and a lot of people will judge you on your failures
0: yeah, but that's yeah, that's no. where we can't we, and and unfortunately people are scared to try or do things now, Colin, because of that fear of failure or fear of judgment. Um, and that's where like we need to, I, uh, we need to embrace people. We need to like, I I don't I don't know, but we need to make people feel it's okay to try things and not be the best at it. Or nothing's perfect. This word perfect, there's no such uh. thing.
1: No, it's, uh, there's just a lot of people being brought up today that, you know, parents who want to be their child's best friend. Well, no, you're not their friend. You're their parent. Mm. Teach them, teach them how to cope. I was brought up not, not really knowing very good coping skills. And so I had to learn them on my own off the school of hard knocks. And boy, Mm. I've been banged around a bit trying to learn them.
0: I bet you, yeah, particularly riding a bull, mate. I, I don't know if, that's, if you've ever been banged. I'll tell you.
1: Bit. I'll tell you what. Life in general has given me more blows than bulls.
0: <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and, oh, I can, yeah. and I can hear from you know a couple of stories you've already mentioned. Um, that's exactly true. And I think the the, the good thing about society is that. You know, when you were growing up, there was no such thing about mental health. When I was at school, there was no such thing as mental health. I did a talk yesterday for 600 kids, and it was all about ways to improve your mental and physical well-being. You know, like, life's changing and it's getting better, but in a way, it's also harder because there's so much more information than what there was, you know, when the school of hard knocks when you were growing up.
1: Oh, yeah. it's Well, even in today's world, mental illness is just a subject that people do not want to talk about. They're uncomfortable talking about it. Mm. They feel that if they're suffering from depression or whatever kind of mental illness, they feel they're going to be judged, that there's something wrong with them, that they people will call you crazy. It's a, it truly is a matter of life and death. If you have some type of mental illness, get help. So what would people think about it? It's it should not be a stigma like it is so much in the world in aviation as as a as an aviator it's huge huge in the aviation industry it's what is that a huge stigma
0: Why is that colin
1: well in uh, up until 2010 i think the year was the faa did not allow antidepressants pilots to take antidepressants at all period none and you know pilots are people too they're going to get depressed there's going to be people fighting depression out there so the guys either you know they take them and lie about it on when they fill out their application because each time you do your medical application you have to report the medications that you're on or they would self-medicate through drinking and they they Even if you go to a therapist, when you go to your, fill out your FAA medical questionnaire, you have to report all the professionals that you've seen, medical and psychological. And these kids are just afraid that it's going to ruin their careers. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, 2010, the FAA announced it would accept four types of antidepressants, but they made it so difficult for people to be on antidepressants and get their FAA medical. It's, it's, it's wild. Like, especially the, uh, got to report a therapist. Can't even go to a therapist. You have to report it. There was a young man that I've had the pleasure of meeting his mother and having some, uh, some good conversations with her. Her son was a young man, University of North Dakota. He's a private pilot working on an aviation degree and, you know, working towards getting his ratings to become a professional pilot. And one day he had a solo flight planned. He fueled up the airplane, made several texts, one of them being to his parents saying goodbye went up and he flew the airplane into the ground. And one of his roommates was, you know, took it all of it, all of his roommates really took it hard, but one that, you know, was just completely devastated. And his father is a, an airline captain. And he was telling his dad that he was going to contact a therapist to get some help to try to get through this. And his dad says, don't do that. So oh. You'll have to report it. That'll be on your record. And, and y- 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 it could ruin your career. Oh. And so these kids won't do it. Mm. And I'm working on, um, I just put together a PowerPoint presentation that I'm going to use to go out to high schools and colleges that have aviation degrees, have, have aviation programs, which are getting bigger and bigger all the time. and. It was in uh, 2008, I was flying charter, uh, flying a corporate jet out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. My wife and I were talking. You know, I was depressed with uh, some things that had resurfaced from my younger years that was really bothering me. And my wife and I decided, she's a social worker, decided for me to go on antidepressants. So I just did not renew my medical. So I didn't have to report it, but, um, I just grounded myself. And then my wife says out of boredom, I put on my uniform shirt, put a paper bag over my head with eye slits in it and made a video says, I am the Prozac pilot. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, went through, you know, what pilots who were depressed going through and how they have to hide their shame. And, and, uh, when the news came out of the FAA approving these medications, my Facebook messenger and my, lit up with media requests. So I've been on several different news shows talking about pilots and mental health. And so that's in the PowerPoint presentation I made. It's, I'm going to use it, you know, to where it's really going to relate to pilots. And then when we get into talking about mental health, I'm going to bring up a slide where it shows the area that you have to check if you've ever suffered from depression ever, ever, ever. And there's a column for yes and a column for no. And I'll ask them. You know, if anybody's ever checked yes, no, probably say, Oh, no no, 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 no. And then I'll bring up a copy of mine where it's checked yes. This is the way I, I, I did, I went off the antidepressants with doctor supervision. That's another way that you can do if you on medication. So the FAA will allow you to go off medications with doctor supervision. And then if you have a letter from a doctor after those 90 days stating that this person's doing well, that's how I got my medical back. But still now, every time I go in, have you ever suffered from depression? I had to check it. Yes. Wow. And so these kids, these kids, whoa, really?
0: But that, that's (laughs) the the stigma. Yeah. but That's like, that's, it's like, you've got a label now. Like, and it's, it's not a label of shame, but unfortunately, that's sort of what it comes across as that, you know, you've had a weakness and that's not accepted. And now you have to admit that every time. And you carry that around with you, even though you've been able to overcome, you know, something very traumatic and and serious in your health. um, Like surely that has to change. Like that's uh, that's ridiculous. I'm baffled by that, that that, (laughs) uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, but uh, what happens and what helps is people like yourself, Colin, sharing their story, you know, and the more the people that share, make it, you know, feel okay that this is, it's not something shameful, that the more we share this, the better of a community, the world we're going to be.
1: Yeah. The, uh, there's a big push right now for the FAA to change its, uh, its stance on mental mental health, like number one, not having to report a therapy session.
0: You shouldn't it's, have to do that. That's private. That's I, know. private. I, know. Like, I know. That's ridiculous.
1: It's uh, I started so I my website that I had that I was blogging on. I stopped blogging a lot on it after I think about. 2013. I did a few more blogs, and recently I've done a couple posts on it. It was ProzacPilot.com. That is now forwarded to a new website that I started. It is FAAPilotsMentalHealth.org. And so with that, I can uh, I don't have it. Put together the way I want it to yet, or exactly what I'm going to do with it yet. But
0: <laughs> well, that's everything, everything's a work in progress. At yeah. Le- least you did yeah. something. Like that, I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people, you know, you we want something to be perfect, but you never know how it's going to look or work unless you actually put something out there and start doing it. um It, it, it's, it comes across the board everywhere. You speak and look, and you've just got to start, don't you? And like you're saying, Starting those conversations, making it aware. That's that even though you may not be happy with it's perfect, like it's it's better than not having it at all, Colin.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's you know, I guess a place, you know, where people can go and I have some research up there and you know, maybe a place that people can just go in and, and gripe or whatever to 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 each other. I don't know. Make it a, a live forum, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, probably not only that, um, you make it give people a, a community where they feel that it's a trusted community and people are like-minded going through similar things. That, that's really important as well, because, you know, the more people you can talk to, it's, Oh, I'm not alone in this. I'm not just going through this by myself. Um yeah. Feeling that belonging, that community aspect. It's I think that's what a lot of people are missing. And they think that they're the only ones that are suffering or going through these issues at the moment. Yeah. But the more, we share these stories and realize that no, a lot of people are going through similar things, but we just don't talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I had one first officer I flew with when I was a captain at the airlines that. Uh, one of my flight attendants came up to me on an overnight and says, "You know, the FO is talking about you behind your back." I says, "What?" He's said that he looked me up online. Says, and he says he told her this he is what he found out wasn't good. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't say anything to my face.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, but, worse. yeah. that's worse. That's <laughs> worse.
1: And this, this, flight, this flight attendant just flat told him, you know, he says, well, until you walk in his shoes, don't judge him. Oh, very good. Empathy. I like that. That is so oh, true. Yeah. And th- this same kid, uh, my my best story about this kid, he's one of those that, you know, he has this ego, huge ego problem and on one day of the trip we're flying along and he's asking me all the questions about systems of the airplane that we're supposed to know trying to see you know that he can prove himself smarter than than the old man (laughs) and then finally he reaches down in the on the airplane we fly there's two start switches stop start switches and they're covered by plastic shields, you know, on springs. You got to pull them up to actually get to it. And they also operate on what we call a squat, sw- uh, squat switch, which in other words, the airplane, the system knows you're on the ground because there'll be weight on wheels. And then when you weight off wheels, the squat switch tells this system that it's in the air. And when there's no weight on the wheels, you cannot shut those engines off. You can't turn it to stop and shut it down. This can't do For good
0: reason. For good reason. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so this kid's, he's asking me all these questions. Finally says, now what would happen if I reached down there and I turned one of those stop, start switches to stop? I said, I don't know. Let's find out. And I pulled the cover up. No, don't do that. (laughs) I says, why? It's not going to do anything. And he's, I just don't want to find out. That was the last question he asked me. Yeah,
0: call his bluff. <laughs> I like that, Colin. There's always a way to go above and beyond. I love that, mate. Now, um, we have spoken about so many different stories today and the way people can obviously handle situations or if people are you know, feeling a little bit suicidal themselves, that they'll be able to take something away. Um, we've spoken about obviously... Being a pilot and things like that, but you've got a more general, you know, you've got your foundation and, and stop suicide.life. Do you want to, you know, explain a little bit about those and um,
1: what people can expect
0: if they go and check those out?
1: Well, I've got two sites, stop suicide.life, stop teen suicide.life. They're both, you know, they, they blend together. It's the same site. It's um, one page is I wrote an essay about the stealth, serial killer that lurks in the dark and there's a little video of my granddaughter when we were in Hawaii and we're back at our hotel room after going to a luau with her doing a hula with (laughs) a little hula skirt on and showing, you know, how fun she was. And then a video on there also of, of me within minutes after finding out about her death, I, you know, I told myself, I says, I want these kids to see the pain that they're going to leave behind if they're truly considering this. And I came in my sound booth and it, my wife cannot even listen to it. She says it's, it's too raw. It's too, it's too strong. She just, she cannot hear it, but I want them to hear that this is the pain they're going to leave behind that people are here. They, they do care that they love them. And then there's some links to places that people can go to help, including in the United States, nine, eight, eight crisis, hotline, text or call nine, eight, eight. If you're in a crisis mode. Yeah. And so there's those links on there and things like that. And I'm, Building it, trying to build it as well. I was thinking about possibly a page where, you know, I could put memories of different people who have died of suicide. And I tried one day, I did some searching in the news for suicide. And I could only find. Three actual news stories about suicide, but on murder suicide, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. just not—it's not news if one person ends their life.
0: Well, people, I was talking- people. People don't. It, it's it is news, but we don't share it because people. A lot of people don't want to hear it. I suppose, Colin. And end of the day, news is about you know getting people to click or view or listen um yeah, it's it yeah. needs to change
1: here here here's a stat for you that I got from a navy veteran of the US i knew that uh, overall in the united states 22 vets each day in their life i knew that stat but this gentleman told me that he multiplied that by 7 for 7 days in a week and he says that came out to an entire submarine crew. So every week the numbers equal to an entire submarine crew and their lives. And we don't hear about them. Mm. He says, but if one of our submarines were to sink and everybody on there died. You'd see that in the news.
0: You would. Yeah.
1: You would because of that billion dollar piece of equipment flying on the bottom of the ocean, or yeah. another one, say say an, uh, military military aviator has to eject out of an airplane and lives, that's going to be on the news. But six months later, if that person ends his own life, you're not going to hear one word about it. Yeah, so true. But yeah. that multi million dollar jet went down.
0: Mm. No, it, it is so true, and and I think that's why you know, the work you're doing in sharing your story and how raw it still is and the impacts it's still having and, and will continue to have. Um, sometimes it's hard to hear and talk about, but um, I commend you, Colin, for doing that because you will be helping so many people that probably, well, you'll never even know. And I think that's that's why you're doing it. Um, and also we need to make this more, you know, common conversation and i take my hat off to you for that so um for listeners this is episode number 292 there will be links in the show notes to um colin's foundation his website where you can go and check that out and and read more about and reach out to him and just thank him for sharing his story and doing the work he's doing because i know how hard it is to have these conversations colin and um, i take my hat off to you mate for doing it and continuing to do it because um the world needs more of it so thanks so much for everything you're doing and being on the show today
1: Thank you.